This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined us today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be a very encouraging and uplifting edition of Equip. I could not be more excited about the season that we are in. We are officially in the most wonderful time of the year. And boy, do we have gifts for you. One of the gifts that we have for those who support the program today is this wonderful book by our good friend, Rebecca McLaughlin. It's called Is Christmas Unbelievable? And it's really a great book to be able to explain your faith to others, why you celebrate Christmas, but it's more than just about why we celebrate a holiday. It's more about why it is that we believe that the Son of God has come into the world and has brought salvation with him, and while we worship him as the King of kings and Lord of lords. If you're looking for a little book, a great book to be able to have conversations about faith during this time of year, if you're looking for a great book that helps you to be able to not only explain Christianity to others, but to defend things like the virgin birth, the resurrection, and the miracles of uh, the ministry and life of Jesus, then Rebecca's book is a true, true gift. I couldn't be more eager to get it into your hands. I wish I could airdrop it across America and make sure that you and all our friends in Canada got it, but I can't do that. Can't afford a plane, but you can call. And if you call 888-644-4144, we'll get it right over to you with a gift of any amount. 888-644-4144. Is Christmas unbelievable? 888-644-4144. Well, for today, I really want to talk about how you and I can have impact in our ordinary everyday lives. In particular, if you feel like just an ordinary person. I believe that God wants to work his life through us to others. But I also recognize that life can feel overwhelming. You can feel ill-equipped at the prospects of being used by God. And so often, folks like me uh, come behind microphones like this and say, hey, you need to be used by God. But I recognize not everyone has a radio program. Not everyone's clergy in a local church. But here's the good news. You don't have to be. What you do have to have is a heart that sees people and a willingness to show hospitality. Now that in and of itself can sound overwhelming, but I believe our guest today is going to make it very practical, very approachable. I am so encouraged today to have Carolyn Lacey with us. She's a writer, a speaker, a pastor's wife. She serves at her church, but her and her husband, Richard, love serving uh, the people in Worcester, UK, uh, 
at their at their local church, and she's written a book that um, you'll be encouraged by a promise. It's called Extraordinary Hospitality for Ordinary People. Carolyn, how are you today? I'm really good, thank you. It's really great to talk to you. Carolyn, um, a, a lot of people would think, all right, if you're going to write a book on hospitality, that means you got an ex- expertise in this, right? That uh, you got three degrees in hospitality management. You've run a hotel before. You get the picture. But that's not what this book is about, is it? Not at all. And I am none of those things. I'm not <laughs> an expert in any way. So talk a little bit about your motivation behind writing this book for the ordinary person. Sure. Well, a couple of things happened. Um, this is going back two or so years ago. Once um, I was teaching at a conference for young people thinking about going into ministry, and we were looking at the qualifications of a church leader, one of which is that he must be hospitable. And I just was reflecting that in all the churches and spaces that I've been involved with, that has loosely been interpreted as his wife, if he has one, must be great at having loads of people around for dinner. And it occurred to me that's probably not what the Apostle Paul really had in mind. Um, And the other thing that was happening at the same time is that I was finding myself in conversations with people in my church who were struggling with guilt or feeling overwhelmed or burdened because they weren't able to offer hospitality in the traditional way, um, either because their living circumstances were complicated, perhaps they were living with unbelieving family members or in a small space. Um, And some of them were really struggling with mental health issues like anxiety or depression that, that just makes that kind of traditional hospitality really difficult. And so I just wanted to do a little bit of a think about how we might broaden the model of hospitality, how we might make it um, an accessible part of discipleship for for all believers, for ordinary people um, like me, really. You know, I, I love it. And one of the things I want to do today is encourage folks to go to our social media page and share their stories of both uh, those moments where you felt like you did something radical in the area of hospitality, at least radical for you. But then also those moments where you felt like it was a hospitality fail, because we've experienced both, haven't we, Carolyn? I mean, moments where yeah. you feel like, man, I really obeyed God and saw tremendous fruit from that. And then moments where you feel like you blew it. Have you lived through those moments? Yeah, absolutely. And and actually thinking about it, the, the times that I can look back on and think, oh, I've really blown it, they tended to be when I had actually taken my eyes off of the Lord and what he was calling to me, me to do. And I was trying to um, fit a worldly stereotype of hospitality. And actually, rather than focusing on what an individual really needed, I was focused on what I wanted to do, the meal I wanted to cook, the ambiance that I wanted to prepare. And and those are the times where it's generally not gone so well for me. So that's quite an interesting um, observation that I've just made recently, really. That's really good. You know, one of the things I love about your book, Carolyn, is how real and how practical it is. Even in my first question, your response, you alluded to some of the areas that most hospitality books don't address. What if I am struggling with mental health issues like anxiety or depression? What if I'm married to a non-Christian? What does hospitality look like for me? What if I have a growing family and my hands are full with small kids. What I love about your book is that you take on 
those um, realities and, again, make hospitality so approachable. Now, let's reframe hospitality if we could, because in, in America, at least, I don't know how it is in the U.K., when you say the word hospitality, the, the image that comes to most people's minds is Martha Stewart. Right. So Martha Stewart is the image of hospitality. And she is like, obviously, everybody knows, like everything about Martha Stewart is perfectly in place, perfectly neat. I picture her home uh, well organized. Every meal is to perfection. You don't have to be Martha Stewart, do you? You really don't. Um, in the UK, we have Mary Berry. Um, she's the host of the Great British Bake Off. And yeah, you, you don't have to be able to cook like Mary Berry to be able to offer what the Bible calls hospitality. So let's give a definition because I appreciate your definition because it really helps me to feel uh, like I can do this. So what is your kind of simple, workable definition of hospitality? Yeah, I think I would say hospitality is is just a practical way in which we can reflect God's generous welcome of us. Um, so God God has offered us incredibly generous and compassionate welcome in Christ. And, and really the point of our hospitality is to point to his, just to showcase the welcome that we've received in Christ. So it's not about the beautiful homes and the perfect meals and, you know, the Martha Stewart stuff. Um, it might involve cooking, but it's more about just cultivating a welcoming heart like God's and seeking to reflect him in the way we treat others. So there's two sides to that, obviously, in that definition. The one side, if I'm going to do that right, I need to settle in my own heart that God has welcomed me, don't I? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I th- I think that's important because I remember going through grief counseling um, uh, and, and a counselor asked me, uh, a very important question, Carolyn, and it kind of rocked me. It, it, the question he asked was, Chris, is God pleased with you? And I remember thinking about that, and theologically, I have been trained to answer the question, has God justified me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was prepared to answer the question, does God love me? Well, yes, he demonstrated that on the cross through Jesus's sacrifice. But this whole sense of pleasure, welcome, invitation, was language that my heart had not been trained for, my ears weren't attuned to. And so I had to rework in many ways my theology to recognize that going to the cross for Jesus was more than just about duty. It was about desire. It was more than just about uh, checking the justification box. Uh, It was about invitation. And so I I want people to settle that in their hearts today, too. Like, if you're struggling today, wondering, am I accepted by God? Does he love me? Has he invited me to his table? Does God see me? I want to loudly affirm the fact that he does, that he sees you, that he cares for you. And, And I'm a big believer, Carolyn, that there are no coincidences in life that God in his providence even orchestrates moments like this where folks can listen in on a conversation like this. And I don't think we can get to the place of what I would call the B side of your definition of hospitality, where we're showing that generous um, invitation to others if we haven't received it ourselves. So I pray that today, 
as Carolyn and I talk about extraordinary hospitality for ordinary people that you would know that Jesus loves you, that he's demonstrated that on the cross, that the Father welcomes you. He literally says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. If you need that rest, if you need a Savior, turn to Jesus. Carolyn and I are going to be right back. We're going to talk about God's character and extraordinary hospitality. Enjoy this rendition of Oh Holy Night. We'll be right back with more Equip right after this. Christmas is almost here, and to help you make the most of this season, I'd like to sing you a book called Is Christmas Unbelievable? Author and apologist Rebecca McLaughlin helps us to go beyond the familiar story of the nativity to see the life-changing truth and genuine evidence of our Savior's birth. A copy can be yours when you give a gift of any amount to equip. Just call 888-644-4144 or visit online at equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Hopefully you've dialed the number 888-644-4144. If you haven't done that, please do so today. Stand with us prayerfully and financially as we finish this year strong. It allows us to dream big about next year and the impact that we can have in your community and around the world. Dial 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Are you yearning in your heart to have an impact for Jesus, but looking at your life and saying, I'm just an ordinary person, what can I do? Well, the answer is there's so much you can do to leave a mark on the life of people that got places in your pathway every day. And Carolyn Lacey has written a wonderful book to help to open your eyes to see people. It's called Extraordinary Hospitality for Ordinary People. Now, the subtitle, Carolyn, we haven't talked about, Seven Ways to Welcome Like Jesus. So that begs the question, how did Jesus show hospitality to others? Yeah, well, it's so interesting when you read through the Gospels and notice all the different ways Jesus showed hospitality during his earthly life and ministry. Um, One of the things that strikes me particularly is how inclusive he was. So he didn't orient himself to the rich or powerful or impressive people, but but just to the ordinary people who were often excluded by others, um, people who didn't have a lot to offer back, people who other others might not have thought worthy of his attention. And he wasn't formulaic in the way he welcomed people. I think we can be like that in our hospitality. It's going to look a certain way, but Jesus just had this wonderful way of knowing what people needed. And he was willing to meet them in the most helpful way. So he was compassionate to those who were hurting or grieving. He publicly affirmed people who needed that. He met privately with others. Um, He humbled himself to serve people who really should have served him. And I guess ultimately, he was willing to give up his life so that sinful people could know the welcome of a holy God. And so all through his his earthly ministry, we, we just see him offering welcome again and again and again. You know, I love that. And it makes me think about the fact that um, we can do that. We we can show that type of hospitality. Uh, but I want to just kind of weigh into the thought of what if you are an introvert? Now, Carolyn, I know you must be an extreme extrovert, correct? 
I'm really not, actually. I'm a complete <laughs> introvert. <laughs> I mean, so, I love people, but I, 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 I find it easier to be on my own. All right, so here we go. A book by an introvert about hospitality. So speak to the introverts that are out there who say, I get more energized by having a book by myself in a room than I do having a room full of people. How does hospitality look for an introvert? Yeah, well, I think a couple of things. I think firstly, we we may as well be honest and say that is the cost, I think, to those of us who are introverts. Um, It is a cost to our emotional energy, I guess, to to always be with people. And I don't think we do have to always be with people. But I think, too, we don't have to conform to that kind of stereotypical image of always having loads of people around, everything being loud and, and rowdy. I think God's God's given us different personalities. And within our personality type, um, we will be able to welcome people as he does. Um, it will just look a little bit different. So it, it can be quiet. It can be going for a walk with someone, um, just having a quiet coffee together. And and I suspect for a lot of introverts, it, it perhaps it will be one one to one rather than big crowds. Um, it can be at church. I mean, I I think one of the strengths of introverts is that we are often quite aware of what is going on around us, so we can notice um, the person who's perhaps always sitting on their own or who looks a little bit sad, and we can just walk up quietly and sit next to them and and sometimes that's a real a real gift showing somebody that they're they're noticed um and they're appreciated but just in a quiet and understated way and and we can do the same at work or in our neighborhoods just quietly show an interest in people's lives um it can be short conversation it can even be via text or or phone but any way in which we can communicate to somebody else I've seen you, um, I care about you, you matter. Um, I don't think it has to be loud and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be a party every night. Um, and then there will be times when perhaps we've given ourselves in that way and we need to um, then take some time just to be on our own and reflect sure. and pray and then ask God and ask, ask his spirit for energy uh, for the next opportunity. And I think that's okay. Yeah, I think that is as well. And I think that's wise. And I mean, honestly, I do think one of the unique aspects of your book is that you are an introvert. And I and I appreciate that because so many books about hospitality are written from uh, people like myself who love the noise and love <laughs> the crowds. And I need breaks, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but uh, I I certainly get energized from being around people. And I recognize that's not the case for everyone. My son, for example, is an introvert, and uh, it is in some ways a sacrifice for him to engage people. So balancing that, uh, doing that with a spirit of kindness and love and understanding the power of that is really important. But being sensitive to the rhythms that we have to maintain to stay healthy in our own hearts and souls is uh, one of the practical aspects I appreciate about your book, Extraordinary Hospitality for Ordinary People. Now, you're a pastor's wife, um, and uh, I want to ask this next question uh, for my wife because, man, I think she lives with the constant pressure of unspoken and sometimes even spoken expectations Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. the church may have of pastor's wives 
to always have a meal ready, uh, to constantly have their front door open. Have you experienced that? And what do you want to say to pastors' wives who are listening? Yeah, I think um, in the early days of ministry, I was very aware of the times when I wasn't living up to people's expectations, um, particularly in the area of hospitality. And I think particularly when my children were little and I was just finding it really difficult on Sundays um, to have round loads of people. It was such a busy day for us anyway. And I think I just had to learn. Um, it was good for me. I had to learn to take my eyes off of people and to stop worrying so much about what other people wanted from me and to really seek the Lord about what he wanted from me. Um, and I had to learn just to have him as my focus, I think, and and to find ways of showing care and concern and welcome to people that didn't put a huge strain on, on our family, particularly on Sundays. Sundays is a really busy time in a ministry house. It's often actually not the best day to have lots of people around. Um, and so I just focused on being really welcoming at church, speaking to people who were new, looking out for people who looked a bit lost or alone, and then just taking other opportunities in the week to perhaps connect um, a little bit with others. And and I think I would just encourage a ministry wife who who is feeling overburdened by the expectations of hospitality. You, you, You really are free to focus on what the Lord wants from you. He doesn't demand that we have meal for 10 ready to go at the drop of a hat. He, he wants us to reflect his compassion, his kindness, his grace. Um, and it doesn't have to look a certain way. And, and I think just to remember that he is pleased with us. He, he delights in us. And, and we only have to look for his smile of approval, um, not that of others. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. So, okay, we've dispelled so far the Martha Stewart uh, <laughs> myth that you don't have to be her or Mary Berry. And so we've dispelled that. And we've also said you don't have to throw big dinners on Sunday if you're a pastor's Mm -hmm. wife. So hopefully we've relieved that pressure as well. But you list in here seven ways that Jesus show hospitality. Some are obvious, like come and eat, right? Like just having meals with people. Uh, The question, who is my neighbor? Um, that, That seems to me to be a starting point. Like uh, Mm -hmm. asking that is so foundational. But one chapter is entitled Dirty Feet. Talk about that Mm -hmm. and and what you want us to know about hospitality. Yeah, so the the Dirty Feet chapter is is really about the humility um, that Jesus shows in his welcome of of us and, and really the call to have a humble heart in the way we show welcome to others. And I think pride is, is such a big enemy of hospitality um, that there, there's an obvious form of pride. You know, I, I will only show welcome to the people who are like me, the people who deserve my attention, perhaps. Um, none of us would say we do that, but, but subtly we, we often do. But then there's that, there's that other side of pride, um, overly worrying about what people will think of us you know if I invite someone into my home or if I invite someone into my life they they might see what I'm really like um that I don't have it all together and they might not like me anymore or they might not respect me anymore or they might not find my conversation as interesting as someone else's um and all of this is pride it's it's fear of not getting the approval we crave from people um and whenever we 
we want to welcome people into our lives and into our homes, that, that does make us vulnerable to disapproval or disappointment. Um, but again, the answer, I think, is to lift our gaze from ourselves and onto Christ. And um, so in Philippians 2, you know, we read that Jesus humbled himself completely, even to the point of death on a cross. Um, he was the one who deserved to be served, but he came to serve others. And I think when we when we see him rightly and when we cultivate a right awe of him, it, it really frees us from fear of others. And it helps us also not to have too high a view of ourselves, um, that there should be nobody we're not willing to serve because he has stooped to serve us. And so I think just really reflecting on Christ's humility will, will help us humble our hearts towards others. You know, I, I just want to say amen to everything you just said. And one of the things that I really appreciate and I'm growing in my appreciation of are pastors and leaders who see children. You know, it's so easy as pastors and leaders to see the adults in, in our ministries. But I'm grateful for those pastors who have taken the time to learn some of the names um, uh, of the children um, to be able to uh, shake kids' hands, to make sure that they know that this church is your church as well. And I know that our audience, those who are listening, are much broader than just those who work at a local church. But I will say, as much as we can do this for children, um, I think we're modeling the way of Jesus because Jesus saw children. So let's do this. Let's take a break. But these breaks are designed for you to learn more about our author and the extraordinary book she's written, Extraordinary Hospitality for Ordinary People. Carolyn Lacey, you may be asking, how do I order my copy? Well, I'm glad you asked. Go to our website, equippedradio.org. Do it today. The first Noel in joy. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Hey, I want you to save today for a very exciting event that's coming up in about a month. It is January 12th. That's the next Equipper Zoom webinar. Save the date. You don't want to miss the next Equipper Zoom webinar. Now, we do these quarterly as a way of maintaining intimate connection with our monthly partners. And if you're an equipper, this one is going to be a must-attend webinar. We're going to talk about Jesus, anxiety, and depression. Why does God allow mental health issues? And how do I live out my faith if this is a part of my reality? Uh, One of the growing topics of our day is mental health. So many are experiencing life with anxiety and depression. How do we live out the Christian faith in light of these realities? I'm going to talk about Jesus, anxiety, and depression on our next Zoom webinar. All you have to do is be a monthly partner, save the date, and uh, your Equipper Encouragement email will send you registration details. And if you're not a monthly partner, don't fret. It is easy to become one All you have to do is dial the number 888-644-4144. I'll give it again, 888-644-4144. 
4144. Jesus, anxiety, and depression. Don't miss this uh, must-attend Zoom webinar. We want to invite all of our monthly partners. Today, I'm having a fascinating conversation with Carolyn Lacey about her new book, Extraordinary Hospitality for Ordinary People, Seven Ways to Welcome Like Jesus. I want to throw some hard cases at you, Carolyn, and just have you respond, if you could. What would you say to the person who is married to a non-Christian, how do they show hospitality like Jesus? It's in the home. Um, The people we live with are our neighbors, whether they're Christians or not. So our our spouse, our children, if we have them, um, our extended family, they are our neighbors. And so we want to be careful that before we put all of our energies into welcoming those outside the home that we're that we're careful in the home just to show that that compassion that humility and that grace and persistence in loving and and bearing with and and showing a genuine interest and concern for those we we live with so so firstly pray for and engage well with your spouse if you're able to and i know that there are extreme cases where that's not possible but for the most part and pray with and try to show your spouse how how much you appreciate them everyone we everyone we know is made in the image of God whether they know him yet or not and we want to be quick to affirm and appreciate every mark of his image that we see in others and then I think when it comes to the the issue of well how do I show hospitality if I live with someone who doesn't know Jesus it might it may be that you can do that within within your home it may be that you can say to your marriage partner you know I'd like to invite some neighbors round or I'd like to invite some work colleagues round or friends from church and they might be really up for that and, and that's great um, you get a chance to model in front of them what it looks like to reflect Christ in his welcome and I think it provides a really unique opportunity to break away from the superficial pictures of hospitality that we see on social media and even modeled to our spouse actually god's hospitality is so much greater because it's about um it's about seeing a person and caring deeply about their deepest needs um but i think if your spouse or or family members aren't comfortable with that then we can learn to show hospitality outside the home so it might be inviting a neighbor to go for a walk with you or to get a coffee at a coffee shop or it may be in the workplace offering to eat your lunch with somebody who always sits on their own or it may be at church um, and and we can offer hospitality in other people's homes so one one of the things that I think is really interesting is that we often tend to think of hospitality as a solo sport I've just got <laughs> to get on and do this on my own and and I think that's partly why it's so overwhelming for people but you could say to a friend from church, you know, there's there's a few new people that have been coming on Sundays and I'd really like to get to know them, but it's a bit tricky at home at the moment. How about you and I invite them out for a meal with us together? Or would you be up for me bringing some food over to your home and and we could invite them there? So I think we can draw others in, maybe your small yes. group or your Bible study group. So I think not feeling that you have to do it on your own and and I do think for friends who are married to unbelievers, I, I wonder if that is something that makes hospitality seem overwhelming. I've got to do it all on my own sure. and it's hard. 
that's what the church family is for. We can draw one another in. And, and I think, again, if you're an introvert and you worry about making conversation for a whole evening, again, ask the church family to help. Is there a friend who you could say, you know, I'd like to get to know this new person better or this older person um, or this single parent, but can you help me? And so I wonder if that might be a good starting place for someone who's, who's much an unbeliever as well. You know, one of the things that I love about your answer is that you didn't respond with this sense of self-righteousness towards the unbelieving spouse. Like you didn't say, go in, put your foot down and demand that this Mm -hmm. is going to be how hospitality looks in our house. But I love that you were gracious and said, be mindful of them and, uh, you know, have the conversation what is comfortable for you, what is uncomfortable for you, and work within those parameters. I just think our unbelieving spouses should see that our relationship with Jesus causes us to become more kind, more compassionate, more loving, not more haughty or prideful or angry or mean. Mm -hmm. And so often that, I think, is how people see their believing spouse, that somehow being in relationship with Jesus makes you more judgmental, where being in relationship with Jesus hopefully makes you more gracious. All right, let me ask this question. What about those who are dealing with anxiety? What would you say to them about this whole act of hospitality? Yeah, well, the first thing I want to say is that um, Jesus sees your anxiety and he cares deeply about it. And he's not impatient with you. Um, he doesn't get frustrated at what you can't do. Um, and actually, no, nor should your church family. And so I think, again, firstly, pray and maybe maybe ask a Christian friend to pray with you about what's realistic. And, and don't be riddled with guilt about what you can't do, but try to enjoy what you can do. So it may be um, that a good starting place for you is is text ministry. Um, who who needs to feel welcome and wanted in your church family? Um, if you're not up to having a conversation with them in person, could you write a card or send a text regularly just to remind them that you see them, that you care about them, and that you're praying for them? Um, if you feel up to it, can you do something a bit smaller than hosting a meal could you do something like go go for a a 15 minute walk with a neighbor um but it it might be that that you can't do that and i think that's okay and i think you don't need to build your beat yourself up about that but just just build into your life things that are realistic for you um and and just pray And, and again ask the church family to help don't try and do it on your own because that that might just make the anxiety flare up even more but again if there's a friend you can say can you can you help me with this what could we do together that would show welcome but that wouldn't stress me out or or um or cause a problem for me then i'm sure that there will be somebody who is willing to help you with that folks maybe you're starting to see why i am such a big fan of carolyn lacy's book extraordinary hospitality i have not found many books on hospitality more approachable more practical more real than this, and also so grounded in the life and ministry of Jesus. I think it would be phenomenal for you to read this on your own. I think it would be even better for you to introduce it to your church and for you guys to read it as a group. 
maybe uh, your your small group can read it. Maybe you give it to your pastor and ask your pastor, can we work through this book as a church together? I will say this as a pastor, if the pandemic, if COVID taught us anything, it's the fact that hospitality is the secret ingredient to strong churches, churches that lack the spirit of hospitality, the ministry of hospitality within its walls and beyond uh, fall apart when uh, there are crises or pandemics. But those who have hospitality, man, they're strong and they can continue to welcome others even in difficult times. Folks, I want you to go to our website, order a copy or multiple of Extraordinary Hospitality, and we'll be right back. Enjoy Away in a Manger. It's December, and here at Equip, we want to thank you for your generous gifts throughout this year. Your donations blessed others with the truth of the gospel, and together, we're pointing people to the life-changing hope and freedom of Jesus Christ. Let's finish this year strong by continuing to support this ministry and program, or become a first-time investor in the ministry. Give us a call today at 888-644-4144, or go to EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I can't recommend highly enough this book. It it is so approachable, easy to read. You'll be blessed. Carolyn Lacey shows us the way. And by the way, when was the last time you saw a book on hospitality written by an introvert? I think it's awesome. And so I want to highly recommend Extraordinary Hospitality for ordinary people just like you and me. Seven Ways to Welcome Like Jesus. All right, Carolyn, this is the rapid fire round. So I'm going to try to ask a few questions with a few moments left, and you give us the best short answers you can give. What can we learn about hospitality from Jesus overturning tables? Um, We learn really that Jesus is inclusive. And so so the issue that was going on in the temple is that the Jewish leaders were were putting obstacles in the way of people coming to temple worship. And we need to be very careful in our churches that we don't unintentionally put obstacles in the way of people coming um, to join us in worship. So whether that's thinking about people with disability or race or struggles with their sexuality, we just want to be really mindful of those unintentional barriers that we can put in the way of people coming to join us in worship. Yeah, I think that that's huge. And, uh, you know, we have been working hard to grow a ministry to those who can't hear the deaf community. And I think that ways that um, we can think through who do we not see in our church that are in our community can be a starting point for those congregations. How how do you encourage persons who feel like they have nothing to offer? Oh, first of all, I'd say you have yourself. Um, You have a listening ear. You can offer comfort or sympathy to people who are hurting. You can offer the gift of your time, perhaps when no one else does. Um, So really practical thing. When you get home from work or church, don't run straight into the house look around is there a neighbor you can say hello to or someone walking their dog or particularly I try and notice elderly people who I meet in the street because I might be the only person who acknowledges them that day Um, and you have the gospel 
So you might not have a living space you can invite people into. You might not be able to offer an impressive meal, but you can testify to God's grace in your life. Um, so, yeah, why not pray for an opportunity to, to do that this week? Yeah, I love that. And as you're praying for an opportunity to do that, uh, Carolyn, give us maybe uh, two ideas that you think are simple ways that we can show hospitality this week, like starting right now. Um, so start small. Just invite a neighbor to go for a walk with you or to get a takeaway co- coffee and just spend some time asking them about their life and showing concern for them. That would be a really simple thing to do. Um, if you want to have someone in the home, make a point of keeping it really low key. Just get a pizza or some simple soup and a bread and, and just make it about the conversation and the opportunity to invest in their life and hear more from them. And maybe if you've got a Christian friend, just think, is there something I can share from my Bible reading, something that's encouraged me that I can share with someone this week um, that will encourage them to be open with you as well? All right. I left a few minutes on the back end for this question, and I'll end with this question. What do you say to someone who showed has shown hospitality but has experienced hurt as a result? Mm-hmm. Maybe they opened up their heart, opened up their home to someone and was taken advantage of, mistreated. What do you say to the hurting person who says, I'm not doing that anymore because that was painful? Yeah, it is. It is painful. And it's really hard, I think, to persist in showing welcome when there are people who uh, rebut us like that. I think a couple of things. Um, I think we need wisdom to know when it's time to, to stop pursuing someone i think there are relationships that um maybe it's wise not to not to pursue proactively we can continue to pray um but i think that there sometimes comes a time where we, we perhaps need to stop investing in that way but but don't let that discourage you from opening your heart to someone else um pray for an opportunity to open yourself again to someone who won't take advantage of you or who is who's needing welcome. And, and again, I think pray for those who, who need welcome. There are people around us who are desperate for friends. There are people who are desperate to, to be noticed. And I think pray that God would lead you to those people and that he would equip you to persevere when it's difficult, um, that he'll heal you and comfort you from the pain that you've experienced. Um, and then I think be a real, be a realistic, um, start small again, um, don't don't have too high expectations. Just just break yourself in again, gently. And I think for me, I when I'm tempted to give up, I'm, I just try to remember how how persistent um, God is in His welcome. Yeah. Um, we were His enemies when He saved us. He didn't wait for us to kind of clean ourselves up before inviting us to Him. And so I think we just need to to be mindful of that and to be willing to persevere in being generous and compassionate, even even when it's tricky. I I love that you ended there. Look to Jesus. There is grace for salvation, yes, but there's also grace for suffering. There's also grace for hospitality. I don't want to lie to anyone, and you have done a great job being honest in this conversation. Hospitality is a messy business at times. It's not all clean and sanitary. There are certain times when God will have us to step into someone's life on his behalf and to show them welcome in a moment, in a season where maybe life is complicated 
difficult for them, entangled for them, um, but yet know that there's grace even in that, that God will give you grace even for that. My wife and I, Carolyn, and I'll end with this story. My wife and I were recently talking about the moments where we opened up our heart in our home. And one of the stories is we had someone come to our church and we knew them for two days. It was a young couple and they were here from a different city and they were basically homeless. And uh, we both felt like the Lord was telling us to have them move in. And so they did for about six months, they lived with us. And that was a complicated season to say the least. It was wonderful at times, difficult at times, but all the time it was full of grace. And so just know that when you are obedient, God will give you the grace and you will see aspects of his provision, of his promises, of his, of his uh, goodness in ways that you would have never seen otherwise. Let the adventure begin. Get a copy of Extraordinary Hospitality for Ordinary People by Carolyn Lacey. Carolyn, you are officially off the hot seat. You have answered the tough questions, and we are so, so grateful for you. Uh, I guess final word, what do you hope people get when they pick up your book? I hope, first of all, that they're just thrilled and encouraged and delighted um, at God's welcome of them, that they just um, get a, a renewed sense of all that he's done in the gospel. And then I think that they are motivated to just try and reflect that in some very small and practical way to those around them. And, and who knows, if we all do that, what, what the Lord might do through that to glorify his name. Well, it's been a joy talking with you. Thank you for carving out time. Uh, please tell Richard we appreciate him as well. We're praying for you guys as uh, God continues to use you to show his love and extend his welcome to others. God bless you, Carolyn. Thanks so much, Chris. Folks, I hope that you are as thrilled and excited as I am about this book, Extraordinary Hospitality for Ordinary People. Now, I know it's uh, maybe... Uh, assumed that during the holiday season, we should do this. We should have open tables, that we should have open hearts and open doors. But that doesn't just have to be a Christmas thing that we do. Hopefully, it's something we do all year around, a lifestyle. I will tell you the secret ingredient to both having a strong church and having a strong impact on the world is hospitality. The sooner we figure that out, the sooner God can use us for his goodness and grace. Friends, I hope that we are a blessing to you. If we have, help us to finish the year strong. You can do so by giving a generous tax-deductible year-end gift to Equip. The phone number, 888-644-4144. Go to EquipRadio.org. Until we're together again next time. As always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Oh,